This message was preached as pulpit supply by Jared File. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it is beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. If you have your Bibles, would you turn to uh, Ecclesiastes? Ecclesiastes, that's uh, in the Old Testament in between uh, Proverbs and the Song of Solomon. Ecclesiastes, um, chapter 1. Um, Ecclesiastes was written, uh, well, it, it actually is uh, anonymous. Um, no, but nowhere does it actually state the name of the person who wrote it. But um, uh, traditionally it's thought to be Solomon uh, because uh, while he calls himself throughout the, the book, he calls himself the preacher, the preacher. Um, but uh, he also calls himself the son of David, king in Jerusalem. Uh, he says that he was the wisest man uh, up to the time of him. Uh, and so those things kind of lead us to believe that, uh, that this was Solomon. But really any descendant of David could fit that. Any of the kings of Judah could fit uh, king in Jerusalem. Um, and it doesn't specifically say that it was Solomon. So... Um, uh, we'll treat it as, as though it's anonymous, even though um, traditionally we've understood it to be Solomon. Now, Solomon here, well, Solomon or the preacher, he's reflecting on life and what the meaning of life is. And he, he, he's, the idea is that he's an older man thinking back on all the things that he's experienced, the, the joys of life. Uh, the pleasures, the things that he's built, the things that he's accomplished. And he just says, it's all just meaningless. It's all just striving after wind. Um, I, that's, that's why the, uh, I had Tom read from uh, the, pa- the parable that Jesus taught. I mean, this, this man, he he'd, uh, had a good crop. And he didn't have any place to put all of his grain, so he was going to tear down his barns and build bigger barns, yet he didn't know that God was going to require his life that very night. Um, So where can we find meaning in life? Uh, Ecclesiastes, the preacher, asks the question, what profit is there? What profit is there in, in this life? Apart from God, under the sun is what he he often talks about it as. Under the sun or apart from God, it's all vanity. It's all meaningless. We can kind of relate to this. Um, Often we hear stories about people who are rich, uh, who they're miserable. They've got everything that you might want. Maybe they have cars. Maybe they have uh, big houses and everything, but they're empty inside. Uh, there's a song, um, Casting Crowns, the group that sings it, kind of uh, explains the, or talks about this theme. The song's called American Dream. It says, all work, no play may have made Jack a dull boy, but all work, no God has left Jack with a lost soul. But he's moving on full steam. He's chasing the American dream, and he's going to give his family the finer things. Not this time, son. I've no time to waste. Maybe tomorrow we'll have time to play. And then he slips into his new BMW and drives farther and farther and farther away. Because he works all day and tries to sleep at night. 
He says things will get better, better in time. So he works and he builds with his own two hands and he pours all he has into a castle made with sand. But the wind and the rains come crashing in. Time will tell just how long this, his kingdom stands. Well, his American dreams is, is beginning to seem more and more like a nightmare with every passing day. Daddy, can you come to my game? Oh, baby, please don't work late. Another wasted weekend and they're slipping away. Because he works all day and he lies awake at night and he tells, him that he tells them things are getting better. Just take a little more time. He used to say, whoever dies with the most toys wins. If he loses, but if he loses his soul, what does he gain to the end? I'll take a shack on a rock over a castle in the sand. Now he works all day and cries alone at night. It's not getting any better. Looks like he's running out of time. The desire for the accumulation of wealth, of things, of stuff, and just being able to accomplish things often leaves people empty. And that is what the preacher is contemplating. Let's look at our text, Ecclesiastes chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. The words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. Why does man gain, what does man gain by all the toil at which he toils under the sun? A generation goes and a generation comes, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises and the sun goes down and hastens to the place where it rises. The wind blows to the south and goes to the north and around and around goes the wind. On its circuits, the wind returns. All the streams run to the sea, but the sea is not full. To the place where the streams flow, there they flow again. All things are full of weariness. A man cannot utter it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. What has been is what will be, and what has been done is what will be done. There is nothing new under the sun. And see, there is, is there a thing of which it is said, see, this is new? It has been already in the ages before us. There is no remembrance of former things, nor will there be any remembrance of later things yet to be among those who come after. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. And I pray that you would uh, give us eyes to see and ears to hear as we hear from your word. And I pray that you give me strength. I pray that you would use me as your mouthpiece as uh, I preach your word. Give me grace in Jesus' name. Amen. I've already commented about how it says in the words of the preacher, the son of David, the king in Jerusalem. Um, because of that, it's often thought to be about uh, the words of, of Solomon, son of David, king in Jerusalem. The words son of David ought to make us think of something beyond just Solomon, though. Um, 
son of David refers to anybody in that line of kings in Judah, um, the, the, the seed of David, the, who, who God promised David he would have a son who would sit on his throne forever. And so we, we, we go through the history of Israel. There's many kings that come after David. And we pick up in the New Testament where there's this genealogy in Matthew chapter 1 of Jesus who is called the son of David. Now Jesus, of course, didn't write Ecclesiastes. It was written hundreds of years before he was physically born. But we need to know that when we read God's word, any part of it, whether it's Old Testament or New, we're reading the words that Jesus wants to say to us. The book of 1 Peter tells us that the Spirit of Christ indicated the things that were going to happen to the Christ and the sufferings that He was going to face as they, as they inspired the authors of the Old Testament. And so we come to this passage. We don't know necessarily which son of David it was that wrote these things down. But these, this is the message we are getting from Jesus. What does He say? Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. Well, that is just encouraging. That is what we want to start our day with, right? Vanity, it's all vain, it's all empty, it's all meaningless, right? No. We have to read on. What gain, what, what does a man gain by the toil at which he toils under the sun? Under the sun. Those are key words. Under the sun. He repeats that, I believe it's 29 times in the book of Ecclesiastes. Under the sun. Under the sun. Under the sun. And there's a contrast between what happens under the sun and what happens under heaven. Um, when we're talking about under, under the sun, we're talking about just apart from God. Apart from Considering God in all of these things. So when you consider all of life, when you consider all the things we do, if God is not a part of it, it's all vanity. It's all vanity. It's all empty. Preacher asked the question, what does man gain by the toil at which he toils under the sun? What profit is there? We get up each day, each morning, as we go into work, we put in another day, we eat, we come home, we go to bed, we get up the next day and we do it all over again. Over and over and over and over again. And it seems empty oftentimes. And if we look at the world as if there is no God, and we're just a, a, a random accident of atoms colliding together, then it is empty. This is what the preacher is saying. If it's all just matter, if it's all just what we can observe with our eyes, and there isn't a God who is going to bring us account in judgment, then it's all empty. It's all meaningless. There is no profit. 
He explains how there's no prophet. He says, a generation goes and a generation comes, but the earth remains forever. We might expect him to say a generation comes and a generation goes. As in, they're born, they live their lives, and they're gone. Emphasizing the brevity of life. But that's not the way he says it. He says a generation goes and a generation comes. It's kind of the opposite of what we might expect. And that doesn't emphasize the brevity, but it emphasizes the replacement of one generation with another. One generation goes, they're gone, they're forgotten, and then another generation comes. And soon that generation will be gone too. And another generation. But, he says, the earth remains forever. You know, I, I can go on to the, the farm that I, uh, my, my dad farms there south of Pocahontas, and it. You know, there are things that have changed. There's, I can think of a tree that I used to play on whenever I was a kid that's not there anymore. But so much of it's just the same as it was when I was born. Just the same. You know, the buildings are not in as good of condition as they were. One of these days they're going to fall down. But the, but the landscape, it's basically the same as it was 40 years ago and longer. A generation comes, a generation goes, and a generation comes, and everything around us just looks the same as it always did. Then he says, the sun rises and the sun goes down, and it hastens to the place where it rises. Of course, um, we know scientifically that the earth revolves around the sun and the earth spins and that's why we see the, uh, uh, the sun giving the appearance of rising. But the, the, the picture that he's displaying is you have the sun rising in the morning, going to its place over and, and then just hurrying right along back to get to where it started again and going around and around uh, just kind of phenomenologically what it looks like, what it appeared to them. The sun would rise and go around and then hurry along so that it could get back to where it started again. And never really going anyplace. Just on and on, circular, circular all the time. And then the wind blows to the south and around the north and around and around goes the wind and on its circuits the wind returns. Same kind of emphasis there, but instead of a circular course, like he's talking about in terms of the sun, no, it, here it, it, you have the wind blows all over the place. It'll blow the north, it'll blow the south, it'll blow all around in circles. But, you know, you have storms going in one day, and then, then another storm that looks just like the last one you had. This week looks like that. We keep getting storms <laughs> that look just the same as the last one that came through. All the same patterns. What profit is there? We're just getting the same thing over and over and over again. And the storms that we get now, they seem so much like the storms that came through when I was little. Always following the same course. And he says, all the streams run into the sea, but the sea is not full. To the place where the streams flow there, they flow again. 
The picture there is, is a, a, of, of the water from all the streams. You think of the mighty Mississippi and, and run it, all the streams that are running into the Mississippi and they run down to Louisiana and out into the Gulf of Mexico, but it never fills it up. We know scientifically, you know, the, 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 uh, the, the, well, the water evaporates and goes into the clouds and it comes back into a, 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 a cycle of always coming back and it's never full. Here, the preacher points to these things as an example that all things are weariness. Just the same thing over and over and over again. You're never finished. Maybe you feel like that sometimes at your job. Like you just keep on doing the same thing over and over and over. He says, all things are weariness. Man cannot utter it. It leaves you just speechless to think about it, to contemplate it. He says, the eye is not filled with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. We can just go on looking, looking and we never have so much of a view of something we, can't, we just can't stop. We, it, it's always, we can keep on viewing and observing things and we're never finished. Same with the ear. What has been is what will be. And what has been done is what will be done. There's nothing new under the sun. But then he challenges that. We often might get the idea, well, well, this is new. This is a new idea. Well, what about our technology? Well, yeah. You know, we, we, but even new ideas, new philosophies, they're all things that have their roots in the ancient world. We think of, you know, the, 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 the materialistic worldview that basically everything is just matter and time and chance and that there's no uh, there's no uh, real um, it's all just there's just stuff you know there's just materialism that, that's been around for thousands and thousands of years the Greeks even had the same idea of materialism it's it's nothing new just because we call it science and maybe we have an iPhone, but, you know, it's just God's idea that, that, that uh, we were able to do with all the materials that he gave us to be able to take dominion over. What has been is what will be. What has been done is what will be done. There's nothing new under the sun. Seems real encouraging, doesn't it? So far. Verse 11 There is no remembrance of the former things, nor will there be any remembrance of later things yet to be among those who come after. Ever take a walk in a cemetery? And you see all kinds of names, people you've never heard of. And maybe, maybe they're names that. You, things seem familiar. Maybe a last name. I wonder if they're related to so-and-so. We live our lives and a hundred years from now, who's going to remember me? Who's going to remember me? And when the people that are famous today, 
Justin Timberlake. <laughs> uh, Britney Spears. Who's going to remember them 100 years from now, 150 years from now? Nobody. Nobody's going to even remember them. So what's the point? What is the point in all of this life? Again, I have to remind us, Solomon or the preacher is looking at all of this under the sun. Under the sun. And that's apart from God, apart from his care, apart from his uh, being in the world. But Solomon or the preacher doesn't end Ecclesiastes with here. We're just beginning Ecclesiastes. Later on in the book, he, he tells us that, that the best thing man can do is to fear God, to remember our Creator in the days of our youth. When he really gets to what the meaning in life is, that's where he goes. And beyond that, you know, Solomon, and the, the preacher, I keep tripping up on myself, the preacher, you know, God revealed himself progressively through time. He didn't tell all the Old Testament authors everything that would be. So in Ecclesiastes, you don't really have a full-blown picture of any kind of resurrection. Instead, the, the preacher says, you know, you have the wise man and the fool, and they both go to the same place. They both die. They both go to the grave. You put them under the ground, you kick some dirt on top of them, and they're dead. But in the New Testament era, we know Jesus defeated death. He rose from the dead on the third day. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? And when Paul says that in 1 Corinthians, he follows that up with the fact that we know that because of the risen Lord, our labor is not in vain. In the Lord, our labor is not in vain. That's what Ecclesiastes is, is reflecting on. What profit do we have? It's all vanity apart from God. But Paul tells us in the New Testament, because of Jesus, because of the resurrection, our labors are not in vain. The fact that one day we will stand in judgment. You know, the, the, the man who had built new barns to be able to hold all his things, but yet his life was required of him that night. He was going to stand in judgment before God. That the fact that one day all of us will stand in judgment before God brings meaning to our life. It's no longer just the rat race of doing the same thing over and over and over again. But one day we will stand before our Creator and He will look at our lives and we will be brought into account. That brings a significant amount of meaning into our lives. It's not just a hamster wheel. What we do with our lives does matter. Because Jesus rose from the dead. We have hope. We have hope beyond what the preacher here speaks of. 
We have hope because we have a risen Lord that our labors are not in vain. And one day we can have said to us, well done, good and faithful servant. If we look to Jesus, the one who defeated death, we look to Him, the one who died for our sins and offers grace freely to those who look to Him. The unbeliever who who does not believe in God, does not believe that, that Jesus rose from the dead, does not believe... What do they have to have any hope in? If this world is all there is, if we just die and go into a grave, where do you find your hope? It, it, it is not surprising when so many people no longer believe that we will stand in judgment before God one day. When so many people just dismiss the idea that that we live in a moral universe. Because of the emptiness, because of the despair that's there, they, they try to escape it in all kinds of things. Uh, I mean, just two weeks ago, I heard about a young man in Pocahontas that died from a, from a, a heroin overdose. Uh, and it seems like we hear about those things all the time. Heroin is, it's, it's, it's a narcotic. It causes you to deaden yourself. You know, you can't feel anything anymore. And the purpose for using a drug like that is to escape. Escape the, the meaninglessness. You want to have meaning? Don't escape. Look to Jesus. He makes life meaningful. And while we fall and while we, we, we fail in this life, we can be forgiven. We will all stand in judgment. But we don't have to stand alone. We have Jesus who died for us. If we look to Him, we look to Him as our substitute. And we can stand before God on that day of judgment and He can say to us, Well done, good and faithful servant.